Hip hop, 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 I done watch them niggas do interview after interview They not culture vultures, the culture something they been into So if you never gave them a view, I recommend you do Cause when they question guests, they message is not subliminal It don't matter if you a rookie or at your pinnacle They gon' touch on stuff that you did and what you finna do It's uncensored too, yo they never had a goofy show But I saw some boys on they show acting goofy though Well if you think they L stupid though you would get exposed like the hoes on OnlyFans letting Coochie show. To introduce the show, when I sent this to Sam, asked, oh God, that nigga said, oh God, you the man, Cass. I spit white like a clan mask, and I'm a hustler. I could stand out on the beach and sell sandbags. Some things can last, but this ain't just a podcast. This is Sam Ant and Oh God, Cass. Hip-hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Hip-hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Oh, God, driving Sam and riding passenger side. And you heard it out the mouth of the greatest rapper alive. Hip-hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Hip-hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Oh, God, driving Sam and riding passenger side. And you heard it out the mouth of the greatest rapper alive. Go gang. Welcome to another episode of the Hip Hop Uncensored Podcast. I'm your brother, Ogar, from Hip Hop News Uncensored. And sitting across from me is my co-host. What up, what up, y'all? It's your man, Sam. And viral Hip Hop News. Like my cousin said, man, we're in the building for a very special edition of the Hip Hop Uncensored Podcast. Guest, we got a special guest in the building. We got Hollywood royalty in the building. Miss Starletta Du Bois is on the podcast. Mr. Boys, yeah. how are you doing this afternoon? Okay, uh, I'm doing wonderful. It's Dupois with a P. Dupois. Dupois. Okay, yes, okay. Sir. Pardon me. Excuse me. We have to get on. All right, here. baby. It's all right, sugar. Well, Mr. Dupois, how are you doing this afternoon? How are you feeling out here? I'm doing wonderful here in Cali. Nice and warm. Um, now, our, our public... <laughs> no, it's, it's mild, but... Okay. Yeah. Our um, our publicist was telling us that you were dealing with a little bit of health, health issues. How are you feeling? Health issues. Oh, yeah. no, I'm feeling great. No, I'm fine. Oh, okay. Well, great. Well, how, how's everything that you're dealing with with COVID-19? How did that uh, affect you in your career when we got the uh, first initial thoughts of or, or reports of COVID-19 back in March? And now we're hearing the second wave maybe coming. How did you feel about that when you heard of COVID-19? Well, it's amazing because I heard about it. I had just come back from homecoming. Uh on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, University of Maryland, Eastern Shore was Maryland State. When I went there, it's an HBCU. Mm-hmm. And so um, we don't have a football program now. So homecoming has been in the winter. So I got back. And um, in fact, somebody there at breakfast a few weeks later got COVID and died. Uh, one of our uh, coach's sons, his wife. Mm-hmm. So and I had heard uh, later that they knew about it in December or November, you know, 19. And um, so I just did what I needed to do was just to, we were all locked down here and basically still are. We're 
some things you're able to do, but <clears throat> I just dealt with the protocols and just did what you need to do. You know, I made sure I had everything I would need, uh, disinfectant, sprays and wipes and whatever, gloves and masks and stuff. And then if I don't have to go out, I don't do that. I, I, if I make a run, it's a quick run. I go A, B, C, D, whatever I have to do, you know, getting my way back because COVID is serious. Mm -hmm. Over 250 million, not million, thank God, <laughs> 50,000 people, quarter of a million people have died already. So anybody that's not taking this serious, first they were saying it's for those of us that are older, but COVID has gone all the way down to little children. And so we just all need to be careful, wear our masks, do what we need to do, and um, and pay attention to the scientists. I'm smiling because yeah. <laughs> we have people that saying that um, it's a hoax. I mean, mm -hmm. the crazy things, something was going to come out of my mouth, but the crazy things that have been said, you just have to pay attention to the scientists and and stay protected. It may be boring. It may be at this point, everybody's over it, but COVID is not over it. So protect yourself and protect your family. That's the point. And Thanksgiving is coming up. So I've made, you know, usually I don't travel on these freeways anyway. So I'm just going next door and any place else I was going to go, I'm not going. You want to err on the side of caution. Absolutely, definitely. So, you know, what's the um the history behind your last name? I'm interested to know that because um you pronounced it for us and I think it's a great last name. Do you have a particular history behind that last name? Well, my mother was um in show business and uh her name was spelled a little different, D E P A U R. And, um, and so when I'm, I'm, I have a very long name, it's Starletta Delicio mm -hmm. Ola Maria Dupois Sewell. Mm -hmm. all, of that, every, all of the uh, grandparents, people got involved in any, most people that are from the islands um, or Africa, you know, they bless their children with many names so that each name speaks to, so Dupois is French, yes. So it would have been Haiti or Martinique. And um, the sound of it works great. I No one had intended for me to be an actor. I uh, started out in nursing, Harlem Hospital School of Nursing in New York. And then I went to uh, uh, Maryland State and I was a biology major. Mm -hmm. And uh, started doing theater on campus. And one role in particular, Medea, it's a Greek tragedy. The one where you get hell has no fury as a woman scorn. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when the light bulb went on. And so I got my degree in, in uh, biology, but I knew I was going to New York to study. And in the 70s, New York was and is still amazing in terms of anybody wanting to embrace theater. And then we could study everywhere, a lot of places for free. Henry Street, New, New Federal Theater with Woody King and 
Dick Anthony Williams and the Negro Ensemble Company, some of these places you probably, you know, have heard of. And then even when I graduated from Maryland State in Philadelphia, where I'm from, I started doing theater there. So one of my favorite plays is Raisin' in the Sun. And I've been blessed to play all three women roles. Benita, when I got out of college, Ruth for many years. And now I can, uh, of course, I'm old enough to play mama, Lena Younger. So we've done it for American Playhouse with Danny Glover and Esther Roll for, for PBS. So that's, you have that one. You have the Sydney Poitier and Ruby D one. Then you have the P. Diddy and Felicia Rashad. So there's three different um, DVDs of the play, and the play is a classic. Absolutely. Now, you said that you grew up in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the 1940s. Um, that would put us right around the time my grandfather was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I would love to give some context on how Philadelphia was back when you grew up, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Um, I grew up um, in uh, 41, 1941. Um, just before Pearl Harbor that December. Mm-hmm. And Philadelphia was racist then. And I remember wanting to join the now swim club. They did a movie, uh, Pride, with Terrence Howard and folks about the swim teams and how the other teams, of course, didn't want to play us and uh, swim against us because they have, always will say Black people can't swim. And that's not true. Uh, some people don't swim and all children should learn to swim. But at any, at that point, we weren't allowed to, um, patronize that pool. And my mother advocated and it was still impossible. And even some years, not in the past, distant, uh, past, they were starting that foolishness again. And then the folks said, well, if the, African-American children can't swim. Nobody's swimming in here. So I figure that's fair. But I endured that. I endured that um, Philadelphia has, uh, elementary has six grades. I went to seven schools. For me to have a degree in biology and a master's in, (laughs) in theater arts, I have to laugh because only through my grandmother who told me that education was going to be my way out. And she was right. And when I got to, uh, I went to seven schools for elementary, three, two junior highs, one high school. And my grandmother sent me away to Pine Forge Academy. And that was the first time I went, you know, 10th, 11th and 12th grades. I could have friends. I got a, a hold to, what education would be for me. I was very curious. And um, so, and we, we went on a school trip. Our bus broke down in Johnson City, Tennessee. And uh, they told us that we would have to go around the back to buy some food. So this was my first instance of advocacy. Cause I said, then if I can't eat up in here, I don't need to give you my money. Yeah. And so, because what we did, we toured different um, African-American colleges going south, all the way down to Oakwood College at Huntsville. 
So, um, um, so racism was alive and well. And then, of course, when I got to Maryland State, I can talk to you about what, woo, what we dealt with there. Mm. But it makes me so proud now, especially this past summer, that our young folks, all of you guys, were out on the streets amid this pandemic fighting for what is right. And the murders of our young people, men and women, and the world picked up the chant uh, when George called out for his mother. The whole world reacted to not only I can't breathe, but he was calling out for his dead mother. And uh, it just brought back so many memories because the latter generations, things you guys take for granted. When I was at school, we were voting for the, uh, fighting for the right to vote, to eat anywhere, sleep anywhere, live anywhere, uh, not to have to take, go in the back in the train once we got to D.C., from either New York or Philly, that we would have to go in the back of the train or in the back of the bus. I remember my grandmother packing me a lunch. Uh, those um, shoe boxes, you know, with something to eat because we wouldn't have been able to stop and nobody was going to serve us. So by the time I got to Maryland and the Klan burnt a cross in front of the student union building, and even before I got there, I was part of SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And okay. uh, I, I had met uh, John Lewis. We were all very, you know, very young then. But one of the things, um, when they burned a cross on our campus, I realized that we didn't have the firepower. And I was on stage April 4th, 1968, when Dr. King was initially shot. And at, inter, uh, at intermission, we heard that. And then uh, when the play was over that he had died, that's when I decided that I needed to adopt nonviolent way of protesting because before it had been by any means necessary. Well, if you don't have the firepower, uh, that's what Gandhi was speaking about too, that you can nonviolently demonstrate and make your voices known. And we were willing to die in order to live. When that happened, the men formed a human chain around the women's dormitory to protect us. Somebody was in the chemistry lab saying, if they come across the railroad tracks one more time, we got a little something, something for them. Mm -hmm. And a million dollar chicken farm went up. And they talk about loose lips sink ships. We will go to our grave as to whoever lit the match. Mm. But what has happened in just this past February, when I was at school, uh, a lot has changed in Princess Anne. There's a black owned business there on, on the main street. And when COVID happened, uh, the, the proprietors there were feeding the fire department, which was the Klan. Because back in the day, if your house burned down, nobody's coming unless you all, 
you know, get together with buckets or whatever. So one of the things that you all have seen lately in these last years, not only is racism alive and well, but we have to fight. We cannot allow folk to continue to treat us any way they want. We built this country for free. That White House that folks are living in, we built it. Our ancestors built that by the sweat of their brow for free. I'm trying to figure out what's the what's what's your beef now? You're mad because you have to pay me? Because you imitate everything we do. I mean, the women, honey, I used to, oh, wow. I had to grow into who this woman is right now. Because, I, you know, little things about yourself, you say, wow, my nose is too big, my nose, the lips are this and it. Everybody's pumping their lips up. Everybody's injecting their behinds to have this full posture and figure that we women naturally have. And I'm, I'm still... I'm still trying to figure this out. What, 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 what is it, you guys? First thing, you know who we are. You, we survived the Middle Passage. People mm-hmm. talk about the Holocaust. Well, there was over 100 million of us that came through. Mm-hmm. I'm a scuba diver. So some, uh, we've been, um, um, some of the dive clubs have been diving off of the coast of Florida of because there are ships there, sunken slave ships. Same thing with the Bermuda Triangle. You know, uh, planes would go down, ships would go down. Uh, You guys are, you know, are probably familiar with that. And there's souls on the floor of the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, it's it's not rocket science to me, you know. And so we've been through a lot. We've gained some things. Integration was is wonderful and it has had its drawbacks because a lot of our schools have gone under merging like Maryland State is University of Maryland Eastern Shore now we're under the University of Maryland system mm-hmm. so wow wealth of information right there can you talk about you know uh, growing up in the time you grew up in the deterioration of the black male and female relationship over time and how was it then to how you think it is now with the families and the father being outside the household? Ah, you know, that was a plan to divide and conquer. Um, they knew if the father wasn't present in the house and they would try to seduce the women thinking, well, keep the man out so you can get some benefits, welfare, let's just say it like it is. And, um, I'm trying to figure out, should I look straight into this camera? So it's okay. Yeah. But, but I think that was uh, orchestrated to dismantle the black family um, because our men, my father worked at least two jobs, most of his career. And he, didn't get paid what he should have. So it was almost time for him to retire. So this whole idea of separating us, that's gone on from when we were put on the ships because from different parts of the country of Africa, um, 
that spoke different languages, people were separated. And but we are are very remarkable people and we're very adaptable. So we manage to um, learn and understand one another. And um, when they speak of us, I know I'm going off a little bit, but when they speak of us uh, using Ebonics, which is a patois or a slang, we're very economical with the language and the English we heard was what the slave masters were speaking. So when they talk about us messing up the King's English or the Queen's English, uh, I got it from you. And in fact, I had a white professor tell me uh, that was talking about how, you know, we destroyed the King's English. And when I told her that, when I raised my hand and said, listen, Whatever English I was speaking or my ancestors were speaking, we learned that from you. So if you were splitting verbs and tearing the English language up, hey, I spoke various dialects coming here from Africa, Mm -hmm. you know, and most folk other than Americans speak more than one language. True. I'm trying to, because I took German in college because I was a biology major. uh, Spanish in high school, and I'm trying to get that back because that's on my list for me to at least speak two languages before I leave out of here. And I have neighbors that are Hispanic, so it's only out of respect. You know, when you go to another country, you want to learn at least a few words, so you want the folks to know that you respect their culture and language mm-hmm. to say something. Yes, ma'am. You know, and f- people will help you other than uh, I'm laughing because in France, <laughs> <laughs> woo, if you didn't speak French the way they wanted you to, they weren't feeling it. You know, they've changed over the years because so many people have come from various uh, French speaking um, countries, Senegal and so forth. Yeah. So when was it that you got out of academics and really transitioned into acting? Because you're one yeah. of the accredited acting actor, you say actors that we've ever had. So when did, when did that transition come? It started in college. The light bulb went off for me when I did uh, Ennui's and Euripides, the Greek tragedy, Medea. And um, Hell Hath No Fury is a Woman Scorn. And when I found out later the role I had jumped into, they said, girl, that you did that coming out of the gate? Well, I didn't know any better. My Jason ended up being a Supreme Court judge in, in uh, Ohio. But something about the language and then the story, because Medea was a sorceress, this thing didn't play. And so I knew once I got out of school, I would go to New York. And I used to take the train back and forth to take classes. And then I had to decide, Starletta, if you're going to really do this, girl, you have to just jump in the water and swim, sink or swim. Mm -hmm. And the blessing was that when I got there, like I said, there were so many places for us to study. And I started working right away, like something we would do off, off Broadway, like a Ron Milner, uh, what the wine sellers buy. We ended up doing it at Lincoln Center. So that's kind of uptown Broadway. 
And then we went on the road for a year and Ron is out of Detroit and everywhere we went, the, you know, the play was a hit. So the tour was a lot longer. And then coming back, um, doing other pieces of, of theater work is how I got into TV and film. But for me, it was on the job training. I didn't go back to school until I was in my 40s to get a master's uh, a MFA, a master of fine arts in theater arts. And everybody's saying, well, you already been working. Why did you do that? I said, I'm going to do this till the wheels roll off. So why wouldn't I want to study and learn as much as I can? And I didn't tell anybody at UCLA that I was in my 40s. I looked in my 20s like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't need anybody doing me any favors. So mother needed to know I could, Hey, I could do this. And some of my instructors, because I had gotten nominated. Oh, that's, we have to talk about that nominated for a Tony Richard Wesley's mighty gents, Morgan Freeman and I were nominated. And, uh, so one teacher said, well, you're bringing your bad habits, you know, into, into class. I said, no, when I hit UCLA's steps, I left everything at the door. I came in here as a new palate to learn and absorb, you know, as a sponge, all that you guys have to offer. And it was a, a great experience for me, very challenging. Uh, one thing about being in this business, and I'm sure you all are, are uh, know this as well for what you do, you have to be disciplined and you have to want it bad enough that you'll burn the midnight hours. If I have to do a safe tech, okay, we're talking about COVID. If I do, we can't go in and audition now. So now we have to put ourselves on tape. So I'm learning that medium, how to do my best work and make it look effortless and all that for perspective, perspective producers. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm hap- happy about with COVID is because we're now having to use other mediums just like we're doing right now. So my church is on Zoom. So that's how I'm learning how to line my camera up and sit on a little cushion. You know what I mean? All the little things you have to do. You know, we do stuff to tweak up in the studio. And being an artist and being adaptable, and it doesn't matter how old you are. As an artist, you're curious. And you always want to learn new things. So that's where I am now. So, uh, yeah. And so other things that I'm not as um, competent in, I will be because I'm willing to learn and I'm humble. You know, I'm adaptable too. You talk about. Huh? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just see this fabulous background of um, behind you all. Yeah. And, and 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 a shout out. Uh, you know, I don't live far from the Nipsey Hustle Man Marathon, where it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about him before, but oh my goodness, what he's done in our community. That's why it was such a long 
um, procession mm-hmm. when he passed because he went. They 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 rode him through all the areas. He put his money where his mouth is, mm-hmm. and and what he had to say spoke volumes. I mean, I do have some issues with you know folk calling us ladies out of our name and some of the stuff. But I have to be willing and keep my ear open because even what I'm hearing, there's something I can learn if I don't close my mind. You know what I'm saying to it and how people are expressing themselves. And rap has been around forever. Rap is not new to signifying monkey. I mean, you know, um, uh, back in the day, uh, the last poet, I mean, we had so many people who were rapping. We just didn't call it that mm-hmm. at the time. And there's lots of messages as well in it. So, yes. What was your experience like um, going through Hollywood? Because you talk about, you know, being raised, born and raised in Philadelphia and experiencing racism. Um in Hollywood, did you kind of, you know, experience anything comparable to that as well? Sure. Uh, when I first got here, I was a Tony nominee. And that should open some doors for you. Mm. And um, I remember an actress of another ilk got a TV show. And because I was a person of color that didn't happen for me. And so now I could have had a pity party and say, Oh, woe is me. Or I would just fight to get my own voice heard. And so, you know, that's what I've done now in the midst of, uh, and so the racism is alive and well, but what also that has happened this summer, people want to know more about us. So there are more projects out there telling our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give an example. Now when they do the national anthem, they'll also do Lift Every Voice and Sing when the NFL, okay. But see, if people had done their homework and, and listened to the third verse of the national anthem, mm-hmm. they would snatch that one off and put America the Beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. Because it talks about slavery. Francis Scott Key was a slave owner. But see, people may not do their homework. So at any rate, um, yes, I've experienced it. But, you know, it's a a situation where it is what it is. And so I'm going to find my way around it, Mm -hmm. over it, under it, and through it. One of the funnier moments that I've seen on you on air was when I was a teenager on Friday after next with you and Mike Epps going at it. How talk about talk about your time on Friday after next? Talk about working with Ice Cube. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing, see, com- comedians think um, dramatic actors. They didn't know. Also, I have a flair because coming from theater, I did comedy and and drama. And so they would come out of that kiosk and he would say something that wasn't in the script. So one day he did that. And I said, baby, I will whip you till it broke like okra. <laughs> hey, what? 
<laughs> said, what? I said, now, and, and, and I asked Tube, I said, okay, y'all gonna give me that line? Y'all gonna give me credit for a line in there? <laughs> but we had left the church, come around the corner, front of the liquor store, to sing Christmas carols to the folk. And it's amazing because everybody says we were Jehovah Witness, but Jehovah Witness, they don't celebrate holidays. So anyway, here we sing in Christmas Cal Joy to the World, and here he comes, and this boy make them a snake of calling me out of my name. Mm-hmm. My religion went out the door. <laughs> I called him all kinds. Normally, I don't cuss in a movie or use the N-word. That one, I got all of it out. <laughs> and I threw my shoe. But I had much fun working with um, with them. In fact, uh, Mike Epps uses that on his uh, either Facebook page or one of them, that scene. But uh, it was fun. And I did First Sunday also with Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you see, I don't know if you've seen Ice Q recently in the backlash that he's received with the um, uh, contract with Black uh, America and, and the meeting with Trump administration um, and his intention behind. Now, I'll, I'll talk about our personal uh our personal feelings on it real quick before we get your perspective. We okay. applauded, we applauded Ice Cube for looking out for black people and not putting a divide to a blue or red line, so to speak. He didn't care who was listening. He just wanted to make sure someone was listening to us. And that was commendable. And giving his history that we've seen growing up, we thought it was commendable and to give him at least an opportunity to let it play out. Um, but he received a lot of backlash for it. So I would love to get your perspective knowing him from a personal perspective and giving the history that you have? Well, not only him, but when Steve Harvey went to, uh, met him somewhere and see, and, and there was a backlash there. Hmm. I thought that cube, the timing was strange. It's just before an election. And it's not that the other folks weren't going to talk to him. It's that you got to do first things first. First thing, Trump lies. And he'll use you as a photo op. He has no problem. And and the stuff that he might have told Q that he would do wasn't true. And so my concern was I wouldn't want him to be, get played Okay, because he came trying to do the right thing and trying to get as all the help that we could uh, that we need in our community. I'm not sure of of Cube's activism in terms of our our community and and him giving back and putting back. You know, some people it's I you know about Nipsey you knew about. Um, other people, there are other people that you knew about. So my prayer is that his in his community and the general community here and in the nation, that he would not be discouraged to go forward and fight for what would be best for us. Now, there are brilliant billionaires in our community, millionaires in our community. You have brilliant people who can put together what it is that he's hoping to do. So I was curious as to 
Did he check them out first before going to Trump? And Trump has a history of being a liar and using you as a photo op. Like the example with Little Wayne. And then baby got, well, y'all heard the news lately, right? Say it again, man. I'm sorry. You heard the news lately with Little Wayne. That he was paid? Well, well whether it's oh, paid. Oh, with the gun charge? You're talking with about that? The gun charge. Yeah. Okay, this is not rocket science. If you know you're not supposed to carry a gun, let somebody else carry it. You can have a permit. Because. Mm-hmm. What you call them that you just had a visit with is not getting you out. Oh, we'll see. Let me not pass judgment. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he rises up off of his golf game and hears about little Wayne and say, look, up, uh, uh, okay, that's my guy. I'm going, you know, intercede for him. But so I don't know. Do you all know what, um, the contributions Cube has made in the community. See, I know Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Um, so if if this is something he's been doing all the time, then I applaud him. I applaud him for reaching out to whoever he figures is going to help. But you you walk a thin line. It's a very thin line in terms of what you're looking for and hoping for as to what you will receive. And you do have to have courage because you there may be a backlash. Um, what you call him, Fiddy said he was offered money to um, appear somewhere with him. So I don't know what your thoughts are about all of that and what background you know on Q as to his uh, environment in our community. I need to do some more homework myself. Yeah, I know that on a, maybe not the exact ins and outs of what he's done personally within the community. I know that his entrepreneurship, him beginning and starting businesses and the example that he set, I know the young entrepreneurs out there just looking to do it for self and be independent is, yeah. a, is a great example. And throughout his career, he's always put the firm, uh, part of my language, fuck the police to his, his, his lyrics and how he's kind of just always talked about and shined a light on the issues that we've had as a community and how to get out of those things. I think just based off of that reputation alone is where we personally feel as though we need to give him a chance. Maybe not necessarily tit for tat what he's done out here in the streets, because I know we've done things out here in, in the community that people may not know about. So I'm not sure about that, but I know just based off of his body of work within the career that we've seen, it, it gave yeah. us. Um, warrant to give him at least a chance and and i have to admire the fact that when he was younger what the lyrics and words and he had gotten some flack from the police and mm-hmm. you know government and all because it didn't take much for them to put you on a list mm-hmm. because you speak out but you have to and so i admire that in him and yet he needs to have a chance to um follow through now and maybe talk to the biden folk that administration 
in order to um, get the change that we're looking for, because we do need it. See, our situation with this black on black crime is you, 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 you killing somebody over a piece of cement that neither one of you own. Mm-hmm. I can see you defending your block. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, but you have to have an investment, <clears throat> home ownership, stores that you, like you were saying, in terms of helping entrepreneurs, people open up their own businesses. Because a lot of times with the racism, the red lighting, you can't get the loans from the banks in order to do some of the things you want to do. So people that have made a whole lot of money that are multimillionaires or even billionaires, a lot of that would be a Mm write-off. Tax-wise, you give back, you donate back, that is a write-off. You can write off half of your salary. That's why when people were talking about making over a certain amount and they were going to be taxed more, well, you got more you can write off too. But you have to be knowledgeable of that. And if I'm making a whole lot of money, yeah, you could tax me more if if um, it's going to help somebody else that's struggling coming along. We have so many people homeless on the streets and these buildings that could turn into apartments. I mean, there's stuff to do, but us killing each other, I don't get it. You know, what, 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 what is it? What? What is it? What block you from? What? Mm. Set, yeah. My set you from. That's right, baby. Help mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. I know the terminology. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted to talk to you about um waiting XL and um working with Whitney Houston and you know her spirit being around her and the tragedy that you know became of her life. Could you get into that? Wow. When she died, it was like someone had punched me in my solar plexus. Mm. I got a chance to meet her. Um, I came into Phoenix the day or so before I was shooting my scenes. And she had to go for the Grammy Awards. So I got a chance to talk to her. I found out my son and Bobby Christina are born like a day apart in uh in march and she and bobby were uh married on my birthday july 18th so we had different things already in common but such a sweet spirit so gifted Mm. even today when I think about the loss, what we lost as a community and as a nation, this unbelievably gifted voice that was stilled, um, it's still hurtful. Uh, brings tears to my eyes even now that think mm-hmm. that, um, but we do have her music and uh It was a a joy to 
work on that movie and Fox Studios really didn't expect for it to be the monster it became. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music should have been up for Grammys because you had the diva singing up in there. The classic, yeah. Or fierce and the work up of all the folks in the in the movie. Everybody was on point. And so from the book, because people tease me now, uh, he was just in a bad situation. So I would never tell a woman to mess with somebody that belongs to somebody else or is married to somebody else. This that's even if they leave and come to you, how do you know that won't happen to you? Because, see, you've already stepped a bound of integrity and character. So I would never tell anybody, well, let me let, let put this here to you all. You all wouldn't accept us having somebody else beside you, say, if I was hooked up with either of you. Sir, no, ma'am. You know no. what I'm saying? Nope. And so, but... Sometimes folk feel they can do that, and that's what we ought to accept. And usually it's because we don't know who we are. Because once you know as an individual who you are and you're happy in your own skin, you're not going to go for the okie doke. I'm not going to knowingly have you and you got me and somebody else. First thing, that's dangerous nowadays anyway with all the stuff that's out here. <laughs> you understand me? Listen, so, uh, but it was an awesome experience working with her and the whole cast. And I had uh, been directed by Forrest Whitaker before in Strapped with Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that movie uh, uh um, I did where I played Nurse Shelley, South Central. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dang. Yeah, God helped him to get it. <laughs> so, you know, I love having that in my arsenal that there are pieces of work that will stand the test of time. Because I'll have people come up to, I remember you as Nurse Shelley. And it's amazing because people say, well, I should have adopted him. And I did adopt my son some years later. Hmm. Uh, So, but yeah. So the experience with Whitney was just wonderful. Did you hear recently um, about Bobby Brown's son passing away? (laughs) That that just happened recently too. Yeah. Yeah, the other day. Yeah. So two of his children gone. Yeah. It's true. One thing, too, in, in being in show business, first thing, you can't believe the hype. And you have to have a foundation because one minute you can't pay your rent, and the next minute you have more money than you have ever seen in life, and you could buy anything you want. And the folks who's pouring this money into you will also pour in other things to distract you. 
and that could take you out of here in terms of different drugs and things. Um, and that you can buy whatever it is. And I don't, I don't, you know, have anything to say when you to buy whatever you want and you want to make sure your family's cool and they're straight. Um, but you have to really be careful because the business is like a drug that can draw you right in. And if you don't have a firm foundation, you can be a one minute number, one minute wonder. Mm. And that's it. Or you ingest and do so many things that's dangerous for you that you leave out of here. I don't know at 28, same thing for Bobby Christina, Mm -hmm. same thing for Whitney, same thing. I mean, the, the, you know, you just, you, you have to, um, treat both success and failure, treat both imposters the same. It's that poem, if um, that's uh, by Rudyard Kipling that talks about that. You know, you have to have a balance. A balance. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. You also played Miss um, Catherine Jackson in Searching for Neverland back in 2017. Can you talk about that experience? And recently, well, a couple of years ago now, we've seen Michael Jackson's name, unfortunately, be smeared once again with new allegations 10 years removed from his death. Can you speak on that as well, if you don't mind? Well, yes. Uh, the young man who played Michael in the movie actually was his photo double. <coughs> Excuse me, when Michael's on tour. Oh, wow. <laughs> And it was a joy to play Catherine. This mom and her husband had a vision for her children. Motown to get up out of the projects and have a different kind of life. And Michael unfortunately never had a chance to really have a childhood you on the road 24 7 and i think it's unfortunate because isn't it interesting how everybody wanted to go to neverland the parents i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and then they didn't have any problem being there and, and 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 in Michael's presence, and now all these years later, you want to besmirch his name and everything else, and it's so amazing. As long as people are paying you and making sure all your stuff is straight, everything is fine. There's no problem. Cause see, my issues would have been with the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Been with the parents, and Michael is a brilliant artist, but the child in him was ever present. Well, the child in us, mm-hmm. the little girl in me, is still running around. The little boys in you, you all are still running around. We don't want to lose that, right? Because that's what keeps us relevant. But that that's what keeps us um, looking at life with wonderment. Yeah. 
and I don't think it's fair. And most of them are just trying to get some money <clears throat> that you cannot spend in the grave. That's the point, you know. And I, I'll go way back to the doctor. First thing, I'm a scientist as well as an uh, artist. Mm. Propofol you take as an anesthesia. You get when you get put under in terms of anesthesia. That's what they use because you go under quick and you come up quick. Okay, so you don't leave that with somebody. You don't do that. That that Hippocratic oath went out the window with boyfriend because all he could see was money. Yeah. And you, money is wonderful. It will help us do the things that we wish for, but it's not the end all and be all. I'll give you an example. I was on my way back to Broadway with the August Wilson play piano lesson. And my dad had prostate cancer and his lady asked me to come home to help her care for my father. And we had done the play twice and we were on our way to Broadway and I walked away from the show. I would have been nominated. Epatha Murkison took over the role and went on to do Law and Order and she's on Chicago Med now. I mean, you know, rich and famous as far as that goes. And, but I did what God would have had me to do was to honor my parents and they tell us God tells us to do that not if they treated you well or if they did all the stuff you thought they should have done there's a period after that that your days would be long I was home for two years everybody said I threw my career away and all the people that you would name that are household names sure had I been disobedient and went on and just it be about me, I would be where all of those, but I wouldn't have adopted my son for one, because I, you know, a lot of things wouldn't have happened that should have happened. And there's no regrets. My father died the weekend of the Tony Awards in my arms. Nobody had to find me. Mm -hmm. And, and then I was able to show my father what unconditional love looked like in the flesh. So same thing for my mom. And while my mom was in her last months, I didn't stop the process of adopting, you know, my son. And I adopted in my fifties. I hadn't planned on being a single parent, but that's how it ended up going down. I have to smile again, you know, cause some situations may not work out. And I just, you know, went on, Anyway, because I felt that if I weren't, uh, I could adopt as a single parent, I wouldn't have had a child out of wedlock, let's just say. Mm -hmm. Because some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. if the father's not present, you know, that, that really is... Uh, and, and anybody that's been abandoned, I found out have uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. I bet. Yeah. So yeah. we as a people have it. 
and we have to find a way to heal ourselves. And that's just through forgiving. You know, you forgive everybody for whatever it is, more for yourself than for them. Because usually if you're still angry with someone, they've gone on about their business. They're not even thinking about you and you're the one holding on to it. And see, that could impact your health. You know what I mean? Heart attack or stroke or crazy other things uh, undermining your, your body. And and nothing and no one is worth it. So you let it go because, you know, what goes around comes around. Nobody gets away. Mm-hmm. And we know in our lives, if we've done anything, I can tell you if I've done stuff, not if, whatever stuff I've done, I've been spanked for it some kind of way. Life is it. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that has happened with you. So you find out, wait, let me, I need to represent character and integrity and just do the right thing. And the right things will come back to me. Yes, man. <laughs> Definitely. My final question would be for you, um, Tupac Shakur. Um, did you know Tupac? And if you did, can you uh, talk about your experiences with him? Wait a minute. This is interesting because I did Ruth in Raising in the Sun in New York with Glenn Turman, and Tupac was uh, Travis, mm-hmm. but his name wasn't Tupac. Wait a minute. I'm just trying to, you, you got something tea from somewhere. Whoa. But yeah, I met him as a 13 year old. And, you know, after we did the play, usually they have two, uh, kids, uh, you know, alternating performances. And then years later, I wondered why um, I loved his, his, uh, his poetry. And it was just something about him. In fact, I have to smile because I have a picture in my son's old room, uh, a poster of his that says, only God can judge me. That, oh man, another brilliant poet. Uh, unbelievable. Um, I'm pissed off because this whole East Coast, West Coast foolishness is one thing and him and Biggie should still be here. So I'm going to just say that. Mm-hmm. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the impact of as a man that they would have had just going through that journey as 40-something-year-old men right now would be, it would, it would need it right now. And, right, and giving back, giving back. Because, see, when you have money, any kind of money, and you can be a blessing to someone else, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You throw, you, 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 it's like you're planting seeds into the universe, it will bloom and blossom and you don't give cause you're looking for something back, but that's just the way of the world. You, your hand is open. Uh, a pastor of mine, E.V. Hill back in the day said, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Hmm. A closed fist, nothing can get it in and out. So why not share? You see somebody hungry it's a little something to do to say, let me, let me get you something to eat, baby. Mm-hmm. And I don't tell somebody, well, look, I'm going to get you this, this, this. Let me come in here with me and let me, you know what I mean? You tell me what you want for today. 
That's how I can bless you. And you can't be God giving. Definitely appreciate that and your perspective. We've had you for over an hour, Mr. Paul. We definitely are you serious? Yes, we've been talking for almost an hour now, two minutes away from the hour mark. The wealth of knowledge. We yeah. definitely appreciate your time. One final, my last question to you is what's next for you? What um, upcoming projects do you have that people need to know about? And where can people find you? Okay, well, a couple of things. Um, because of COVID, a number of projects, No More Goodbyes, it's about the foster care system, uh, Charming the Hearts of Men, has to do with uh, women uh, being included in the civil rights bill to be able to vote and to be able to, in the 60s, we couldn't own property or have a house in our name as women. So that changed with the civil rights bill. Uh, true to the game two, um, one we did three years ago, two is out now. Mm-hmm. I just came back from Atlanta with the premiere of that Terry Woods's book. Three will be out. All of these uh, three and the other pieces I just told you about, they'll be out um, next year. And another feel-good movie called Magic Max. So uh, I live here in Los Angeles. um, And I'm still working. That's wonderful. I can do this till the wheels roll off. And my mentor... Miss Tyson, Miss Cicely Tyson, is in her 90s and still working. So I'm encouraged that, you know, that can happen for me. And she's another one that was a joy of working with. I've been blessed to just about people you would name. I probably had the opportunity of working with them. And so that's been fabulous. And I, my thing is, I just want my work respected. This whole thing of being rich and famous is just a word to me. I, I want enough to be able to be a blessing to, for myself and to whoever else. But if you guys respect my work, I'm a happy camper. And hopefully the pieces of work that I've done have resonated, you know, into your, you all's hearts as well to encourage you to do your work. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. We definitely appreciate your work you've put in throughout the years and the work you'll put in the future. Miss Dupois in the building of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Love to have you back. We don't see you doing many of these interviews. So the fact that you sat down for an honor or for an hour with us is an honor. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So where are you all? South Jersey, right outside of Atlantic City. Oh, man, I used to go to Atlantic City in the summers. My mom was a dancer. So a lot of the the clubs, um, Larry Steele, Smart Affairs, Paradise mm-hmm. Club, Club Harlem, a lot of clubs there. I know Atlantic City is so different now, though, isn't it? Very. Oh, yeah. None of those are here. <laughs> oh, we all but know. I would still love to come back and um, see what Atlantic City looks like now. I have very fond memories of being there. I'll tell you what. And if I've to swim in the Atlantic Ocean there. If you ever find yourself back east, we have a building out right outside of it. We love to have you in here and we love mm-hmm. to you know, show you what Atlantic City looks like now. Please um, reach out. Would you uh, email me the information? And yep. then that way, when I come back home, I could, yeah, do yes, that. Ma'am. And Absolutely. thank you so much for having Auntie Star, Mama Star. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure is all ours. We appreciate your time.
All right, sweetie. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Take care. Yeah, take good care of yourself. Yes, ma'am. You too, man. Okay.